Top Friday, baby, better than yesterday. Let's get it. Welcome to Tank Top Friday. Join us each week as we dive deep into topics like goal setting, self-improvement, and personal growth. I'm Clint Stroman, and on the show today, someone you might know from last week, Chris Badillo. He's back for part two. I'm glad to have him on. I'm thankful that we're able to do a part two. This is the first one of the podcast, and uh, we're we're going to be able to dive a little bit deeper into some topics that we that are really important to the both of us, and um, also, I think, share some stories with you about our past days uh, in the Marine Corps together. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, I appreciate you having me back on the show. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, had a big had a big day today uh, on set. That was cool. Got a good workout in this morning. It's been a been a good, solid, productive day, and uh, had a lot of uh, opportunities to to think about what we talked about last time, where you brought up uh, that kill mentality, where I was like just feeling like, all right, cool, kill, got it, done, 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 done. Um, I think days like that are days like that are really cool and it and it also just keeps you that much more consistent moving into your tank top friday you know what i'm saying no yeah absolutely i've uh you know some of the things that we talked about last time also about mental health and um making sure you're getting up and staying positive and 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 doing your daily affirmations and ensure that you're completing the task every day. It's it's super important. And um so yeah, I'm glad I glad now I'm back on the show and able to talk about some more things. I um I sent you something earlier today and it was it was David Goggins, Stay Hard. Um and he was uh he was talking about how he sets his clothes off to the side of his bed uh, and all this and that he journals and he looks back at, at old journal entries of his to see it. What he was reading was wild as hell to me. Like, Oh, 16 miler. Oh, next day I did a 16 mile. I had a, I had a week where I ran 180 miles. Like what? And to me in my head, I'm like, what? <laughs> my knees would be shot, dude. But, um, but he he said he, he looks back at his journaling not just that about running but also like how he was feeling and what he was doing what he was going through to like kind of remember because sometimes we forget the craziness that we went through at one point in our life and we allow that to let ourselves become lazy or stagnant and things like that and i think that um the idea behind that for me was like yeah, sometimes it does take you going back and thinking about the past and thinking, I was capable of this. I was capable of of um, going past a limit that I thought I had, and I know I can do it again. And it, the only person's choice to do it is you. No one else's. And like I always say, no one's coming to save you either. So I thought that was pretty cool. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just did a physical fitness test and I'm 41 years old now, getting ready to turn 42 in September. And I was thinking to myself, dude, I'm about to do like my 20th PFT. And I just, I didn't, I do not want to do it. I just, I fucking hate running. And I did the same shit, man, right before the PFT. I said, 
I've done this before. My body's on automatic. I can do this. It's not. And, you know, I normally used to run a 19-minute three-mile in my younger days, you know, 20-minute three-mile. I still made a whole 22 oh, Hold on. I don't remember you running. I don't, I don't remember oh, you running 19 minute three miles, bro, when we yeah, were doing it. Dude, yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yo, when I was a combat instructor, I ran a 1930 in combat instructor school. For real. At 41 oh, years old, a week ago, a week ago. So you're in your, so you're actually, in your, late, you're in your late 40s since, since <laughs> I'm in my late, I'm in my late 30s. <laughs> hey, don't make me old. Yeah, I'm not a silver fox yet. But a couple of days ago, Monday, I ran a three-miler in 22 minutes. And you know what I did? That's great. I woke up up that morning, and I said, you know, and I was dreading all the days leading up to it. I was dreading it. Right. I woke up that morning, and I was like, this ain't shit. I've done this before. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to crush it. You know, it's like, you do, man. You have those days when you wake up, and you're just battling your mind. And you know you're capable of doing it. You just... You just gotta fight your mind and put yourself forward. Um, it it sh- it shows a lot about um a person's personal drive and what they have within them as well. And you can tell that just by looking at somebody and and you could talk to them for a couple of minutes and you'll be able to tell like, yeah, this guy's this guy's got a drive within him, you know that that is different that is built differently from others or from the general, the general population. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, when you look at people like Jocko and David Goggins, you look at them and you be like, man, that guy's like purple with different cloths. He's totally different. What's weird is that normal people look at Marines or military service members and they say the same shit about you. And you, Mm -hmm. but but you know, you walk around every day like a normal person, and you don't see how much different you are than your average civilian. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of wild that to know that we are—you know—they say we are two percent. We we are the two percent of thinking differently and doing things differently, and just getting up and fucking knocking something out of the park. I mean, yeah, we're we're bred to do stuff like that. Yeah, and look at yeah, you. You're you're you've been out of the Marine Corps what eight eight years plus maybe now, and you still have the mentality of getting up early in the morning, getting shit yeah. done, going to the fucking gym, boom, knocking it out, and now look, and now you're doing a, a podcast, better yourself and to better others. Yeah, we're we're cut from a different cloth, man. Yeah, I was talking to a kid today uh, on set for this commercial, and I was telling him about my podcast, and he was more theater centric, and you know, really into theater, which is which is awesome too. And he was younger, and I was like, "Man, you'll you'll figure out the path that you want to go. If you want to go full send, and you want to go all theater, you'll do it. If you if you end up liking being on sets and doing film and TV and stuff like that, you're gonna you're gonna go that route, and you'll probably excel in it because it seems like you got the mentality to do so." But he was like, wait a second. So you're a new dad. You got a podcast. You're still pursuing your acting career and you're finishing your MBA. Like, how do you have time? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I just have, I make time, man. Like, I start my day really early in the morning. Like, you, 
it's just like or I start most days really early in the morning. Some days I don't because I just don't want to. And that's just being a, that's just, <laughs> that's just, just being honest. Honest shit right there. Dude, and I'm not going to lie to you for a long time after initially getting out of the Marine Corps, dude, I would miss class because I'd be sleeping in so hard. I'd just be like, yo, I don't have to get up for shit. I don't have to get it up. I don't have to get up for anybody. I don't have to be at work. Oh, class. Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. If I sleep through it, who cares? It's just class. And that was my mentality, which is thinking back, I'm like, dude, that was kind of that was kind of whack that you were thinking like that. But at the same time, I was just like so over it. I was like, I don't care. I'm gonna sleep in. I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. I, I, actually, and you know, to some extent, sometimes I can get somebody in trouble. But um, it it's like I, I I don't know why I was that way, but for some reason now in life, I'm all about wanting to consistently like get up and get going it's it's a phase man. to to be honest i can't imagine i can't imagine how that will feel like because i'm not out there <laughs> but with you saying you know i got out i don't have to i don't have to answer to anybody anymore. i'm going right. to just do whatever the fuck i want you know <laughs> I bet that in itself, though, was just a little bit of a piece of freedom for you. But you, yeah, for sure. You know, but you, you still, you still realize that that is not going to be conducive for you being a productive member of society. And then you just got back on the game and crushed it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. I, I mean, it's like, it's just, it's weird to think about because, um, I don't want to get. I guess I guess I went through it, and now I know at at no point in my life do I want to go get there again and stay in that type of mentality where I'm like, oh, I can just sleep in, or I don't have to go to the gym today, or you know, where I'm not. If I miss a day or something, I'm kind of I'm kind of getting getting on myself about it. I I want to stay that way, and I will. I know I will from here on out. I think I just went through a little phase there and I'm sure most people do that at some point in their life for a little bit. Um, you know, what matters is that you hop back on the damn train and you keep, you keep working. Yeah. I mean, for real, I, I, I would say there's a lot of service members who get out and they're not as resilient and their mental health declines and they don't do that shit, man. And, and that's a, that's a really that's a really sad sad part of it. That's a really sad part of it. There are some guys who get out and they get stuck on uh, depression, feeling down on themselves. You know, some of them get a, get a really strong victim mentality, uh, unfortunately, or yeah. or can't or don't have the resources, don't know how to get the resources, decline. Um, and they don't get out of it. And, and a lot of service members, unfortunately, commit suicide, which is absolutely sad, right? It's it's like you go through so much, whether it's four years or more of honorable service, and, uh, you know, you, you, you get out only to lose your your life, you know, yeah. or, or not do anything at all. Yeah, it so, sucks. And, and, it, and I think that it's... I think it's really important to maintain the um, the almost momentum 
that is going on nowadays where I don't know what started it or who kind of started the movement behind it, but um, men in general and service members in general specifically actually talking about how the fuck they actually feel and you don't have to act like you're so hard and that you're so tough that you can't talk about how you actually feel. Um, and, and then eventually you just suppress that shit for so long to the point where you, you just can't take it anymore and you don't got, you got nothing to, to fall back on. So I think it's important and it really is something that's like very, um, very, very positive that, uh, it's becoming easier and more of a thing to like talk about your actual feelings and what's going on in your life. No, absolutely. I mean, look, I, I dealt went to Iraq twice, first one, way more worse than the second one. Um, Afghanistan, you know, I was with you for the first iteration of Iraq and Afghanistan. And I dealt with some incredible PTSD. I just didn't understand myself. I completely changed. Combat completely changed me. Yeah. And I didn't understand these emotions. And, and you're right, you know, the Marine Corps, your whole purpose in life is to go to combat and take somebody else's life. That's what you're trained to do. And you got to have a very, very hard mentality to be able to do that. And then you do it once, you do it twice, and then you start getting numb. And it's and you're not really getting harder. You're just getting numb to the shit that you're doing. And to you, it's normal. But when you come back in that deployment and the adrenaline goes down and your high goes down, you start realizing, wait a minute, I'm not the fucking same. And then you get hit with all those emotions. It's it's insane. It's like your brain can't deal with that. And uh, yeah. for a long time, I thought that it was better to be hard, not talk about it. Not and, and I got to be the the war fighter and teach the Marines that this is what it is. To a certain extent, yes. To a certain extent, right? I mean, you can't. We talked about it last episode. You you you, you can't be a pussy, right? You got to be you got to be hard to some aspect and understand the reality of what you're gonna do. But at the same time, you gotta fucking talk about it. Yeah. And and if you don't talk about it, you're never going to let the shit off your chest, and it's just going to fester and eat you, yourself up until yeah. you do something very very bad. And I've dealt with PTSD for a long time, and I was at a point where I did very very bad things, and I fucked up a lot of relationships. And you know, I'm not like that anymore. Yeah. Well, one thing helped you. Get, what's helped you? What What are some things that What are some things that you've um that you've kind of like been been working on or things that you've used and things that you've done that have helped you or assisted you to get to to get to that point like like what did you have to do well one i accepted the truth the truth is i wanted to be a marine and i wanted to go to combat i i've made that choice so when i accepted the truth that i made the choice to go see and do these things yeah, no one forced you to do it. Nobody forced me to do it. I understand. I understood the reality that I was going to, this was going to happen to me. 
that was like that was like 70% of the battle right there. I was like, oh yeah, you know what? I chose this. I wanted to do this. I knew I was gonna see these things. Now, now that I know that this was my choice and I wasn't forced to do this and nobody twisted my arm. The next thing is how do I how do I improve on my mental health? And I knew I couldn't do it alone. And I I I put my ego to the side. And I went and I sought help through, you know, mental health professionals. That was the starting. You know, when we were combat instructors together, I was going to the Trepper Clinic out in in uh, Campbell de June. And I was seeing counselors and I was getting my brain checked and all that, all that stuff. Yeah. I wanted to understand why I was like this. Yeah, it messes you up not understanding. It yeah, it's, it's like unknown. It's so frustrating to there's some things um, with me. I still don't understand why I react to certain things in certain ways or why I like what, you know, in my head, I'm like, yo, dude, like what the fuck is wrong with me? Like what is going on? And I still don't yeah. understand some of these things, but, um, and I, and, and that feeling is like, it feels weird and it feels bad and it feels like shitty. You're like, bro, this is really frustrating that I don't know. Like I'm aware that I'm reacting to something in a certain way or that something bothers me more than it should bother me or, or, you know, whatever your example is that involves PTSD. And, and then, and then you just don't understand what's going on. Like, you know that it's happening, but you don't know how to fix it and you don't know where it's coming from. Gets me like, what short, part is- it gets me like, gets me like short of breath just thinking about it because it makes me feel fucking anxious you know what i'm saying yeah and the worst part is when you know that it's happening you don't have any control over it yeah that's the worst part and so like you know i used to snap a lot like every little thing made me angry or or sometimes something happens that i feel i have to automatically react to it and 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 all my brain is telling my body to do is to do the same things that it was trained for in combat. And, and then, and then what the counseling helped me understand is that I had to, I had to differentiate the worlds that I was living. Right. The world of combat, I couldn't bring that home. Right. Like the, 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 the real world outside yeah. of the country that I went to go fight in is not the same. Yeah. So how do I, how do I fix that? Right? Well, I, I, I started meditating. I started reading more books and, and like I said before, the biggest thing was I accepted the truth of what I chose to do. Um, and then of course, you know, with age, with age and experience, I think you learn to, I don't want to say contain it and I don't want to say control it. I guess with experience and age, you learn to be more patient with yourself. That that's what it is. You're more patient with yourself, and so me right. being more patient with myself, I've uh, I develop habits to not you know want to turn around and jump a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I um, are you still are you still in therapy consistently or no? I do. So like, you know. 
when I start feeling my emotions and you, you know, it's like a roller coaster sometimes. I think every year around between September and November, I go through a really, really low slump. It happens every year. And I don't know why it's those months. I, I've, I've tried to analyze it and see what type of significant events happened during that time. I don't know why it's those months. But between September and November, I go through some slumps and it's like a roller coaster. And um, I know it's going to happen. So I make sure that I set up some counseling appointments during that time. Yeah, and it's not it's, they're not always face to face. They're they're yep. virtual. I call up on the phone and stuff like that. So I'm not I'm not I'm not consistent, but I recognize when I need it. Yeah. And it helps me out, bro. You know, like I used to have to go all the fucking time, but not anymore. I I, I recognize when I need it. Uh, you know, I go talk to somebody and I think it it brings me it brings me back to where I need to be at. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of I think um, it's just like just like physical fitness, you gotta have you have to stay consistent with with therapy or with journaling or with meditating in order for it to work and or in order for it to be helpful to you. Like there's been moments right now in life I haven't been meditating, I haven't been journaling, I haven't been doing anything that I usually would be that I know makes me feel better, even if it's just a writing down my three things I'm grateful for that evening, which, which I'll do tonight because I just mentioned it and maybe I'll keep doing it. It's like, it's just, you know, you have to make it a priority, even small shit like that. Um, but I think that being at any former military, uh, you, if you're able to realize and say, and put your pride to the side and, and hang that up and be like, look, I need some help. I need some assistance to figure out why the fuck I'm feeling the way I feel. And to just give into that and then be honest in those times when you're talking to someone else, that is what is actually helpful. And what like, yeah, what it mean it means a lot to even do that because dude, there's a lot of dudes. There's a lot of guys like, like my pop's age, those dudes are not going to agree to go to therapy. Yeah. They're not, hell no. They're not, you know, th that's just not, I'm not going to therapy. Are you kidding me? Like, no way. Why would I ever do that? I don't need help. I don't, I've, you need help, you know, just like, that's just the mentality, man. And, and, and I think that it's just as, as times have changed and things like that, it's easier for us to be like, you know what, man? Yeah. I, I see, I see a therapist for this, this, and this. And, um, you know, and I'm open to trying certain things like, dude, as far as PTSD is concerned, the amount of like research and everything that's coming out recently on, on microdosing psilocybin is insane with PTSD and helping people. It's absolutely nuts. The positive outweighing the negative when it comes to, to, to that, um, that sort of experiment and what they've been doing with, with veterans that have severe, severe PTSD. Yeah, you know, what's funny about that, or I should say what's interesting about that is that I had a friend, you know, who got out and uh, he was talking to me about microdosing. 
So, you know, like one of the things with PTSD is that you get, you have so much trauma that you forget how to have sympathy and empathy. Like you, you literally lose touch with feelings. You don't, and you don't understand them. Like you look at somebody who's having an emotional breakdown and you look at them as if they're an alien. Or, or can't, on. you can't connect or, with them. Or on the flip side, you're the opposite and you find yourself needing more than more. Most people should like affection and attention and things that fill those gaps. And like for me, for a long time in, in my life after the Marine Corps and even during, that was me all the time. Like I, I needed those gaps filled with, with that type of shit. You know what I mean? Something, right? You needed something. Right. You needed like some right. type of emotional gratification. Yeah. So for some, it's one. Yeah. So my, my friend, so my friend, he's like, he's like, you know, uh, I met somebody, you know, he told me to try this microdosing. He's been, it's been helping him with his PTSD. And the first time I took it, I took way too much and I tripped balls. And he was like, I was, <laughs> he was like, I was seeing like shit. I was seeing the stars, the moons, planets, all types of crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he said the second time, you know, he slowly eased his way into it so that the dosage that he was taking was compatible to like his height and weight, body fat composition, right? So he said he found like the dose that was suitable for him to not be tripping balls, mm -hmm. but to be in a state of mind where he can reflect on everything that has happened in his life and try to get in touch with himself. Uh -huh. He did a few sessions of that and he's like, man, you know, like I can listen to people and see, and they could be talking about their emotions or they could just be talking about a problem they have. And I know while we look at them, like I'm disconnected with them, I can understand what they're saying. I can reconnect with them and, and micro dosing helped me along with therapy to reconnect with these feelings that my body forgot when it was hit with so much trauma. You know, so yeah. I thought it was amazing that he brought back a piece of his life that he lost a long time ago. Well, yeah, it's still in there. It's still in your brain. It's just, it's just almost, it's a version of like rewiring it and like getting and, and yeah. going back and finding that and being like, oh, yeah, I guess I, I just went through so much shit that all of that is pushed way down, 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 down. And I don't even remember how, how to be that person anymore. I think that truthfully, my opinion is in the next couple of years, it's going to, it's going to become something that is like even bigger than it's becoming right now and legalized if it, for anything for veterans to help specifically with PTSD, because the, the positives outweigh the negatives. Like just, it's an insane change that people are seeing and how it's helping them and how it's helping them be, you know, just be a better person than they were before and all that. It's crazy. You know, allegedly, you know, this rumors that I'm hearing, you know, seeing a couple of articles on it, but, uh, you know, the VA is experimenting with the stuff. Yeah. We're brought to you today by super 73. If you know me, you know, I'm always on my super 73. Super 73 is an American lifestyle adventure brand based in Orange County, California, that develops products to help fuse motorcycle heritage with youth culture. They are the original in the electric motorbike. Founded in 2016, 
Super 73 has quickly grown into one of the most recognizable electric vehicle brands in the world with a passionate customer base, including A-list celebrities, professional athletes, and many more, including yours truly. Head to the link in the bio to go and get a discount on your first Super 73. I love my bike. I just bought Laura one. She loves her new bike. And I just love sharing the community and the passion behind the brand with others. Go check them out and let me know what you think when you get your first bike. So yeah, like I said, dude, I think I think that that's going to be really really helpful in the in the coming years, I hope, for veterans that are that are suffering like like a lot of us are from from the effects of PTSD. And I think that realizing and just coming to fruition of that individually outside of anything involving that means a lot uh, for that individual. And I think it says a lot about you, um, you know, to tell me that you, you've changed that much since back in the day. Yeah. You know, I've changed a lot. I've seen a lot of friends change a lot. And, uh, you know, I had a friend else that recently left the Marine Corps and, um, he tried microdosing and, and through microdosing in conjunction with therapy, he was able to get re in touch with his feelings. You know, that may sound weird, but he's like, I feel things I I didn't feel in, in a very, very long time. And I had empathy and sympathy for people. I don't look at them like they're weird. When they're breaking down, I'm able to reconnect with them and, and understand their thoughts. And right. uh, I yeah. think that's, that's, that's great that he's able to find a piece of him that he lost a long time ago. Because me right now, when I think about it, I, I'm in a better place place a better position of strong mental health and and i'm a huge advocate for it, right i talk about it all the time but there's pieces of me that are still missing and that i'll never get back yeah and i think there's i think that there's many ways for us to get or try to get those those things back at least and um we all go through our very different versions of our ups and downs in, in our in our life in our daily life even where just having the um mental awareness and and self-awareness and just being maintaining you just constantly being self-aware of why you're feeling a certain way um is is sometimes enough in itself and you're in to just realize like oh hold on let me catch myself in this moment realize why i'm responding to something this way and see if i can take a second and change my reaction and maybe go about it in a different way or, or, you know, just handle a situation a little bit better than I would normally, which is, which is something that I learn and have to work on all the time. Yeah. I think, uh, like we talked about before, when, when you grow, you gain more experience, you start learning to have patience with yourself. It goes back to what we talked about last time. You start being a little bit more gentle with yourself. And um, it's, you know, you got to have the want. You have to have the want to place yourself in a better position. I- I've always found that reading was like a big part of my mental health. And so was journaling. I got, I, I used to keep logs of my experiences just so I could go back and, and, and read them. 
And I also, I read a lot of quotes. I also like writing quotes. And writing things that are positive, being open about it has truly helped me. I'm 100% open with my Marines on, on mental health, especially men's mental health. And not that I don't give a fuck. And not that I don't give a fuck about female's mental health. It's just that the died suicide rate is with that. And it's because we battle our pride in, in our egos. And right. we're not given the same, we're not given the same, uh, you know, sympathy than a female. Not, not saying it's always like that, but. Right. We do have the highest suicide rate, and although I take care of all the Marines, no matter what gender, I'm 100% open about mental health. I'm an advocate for mental health. I talk about it all the time. I tell Marines, put your pride and your ego aside. Go get help. There's nothing fucking wrong with that. Nothing good, man. Yeah, and I think that that's something that was missing probably for a long time, and I hope can become um, can become even more of a you know, just, uh, a part of, a part of military life. Of course, like we said before, you can't, you can't line everybody up and be like, Oh, hold up. You're not feeling good this morning mentally. You can just go ahead and chill that, you, you know, we can't really go that route, but, um, you know, as long as you're open and honest, I think that that, that says a lot about, uh, about being a leader and being, um, consistent and being someone that is a, a, a positive, um, image and, and someone that like younger Marines or, you know, anybody, if you're a leader looks up to and says, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. Like, I don't need to be too tough to go seek out some help and things like that. Absolutely. You know, and I think one of the, one of the things is, well, I don't think I know the key word is a leader, right? You understanding that you have the power to influence lots of people. You know, you don't get to everybody as a leader, but you you do reach a mass. And if you have a positive influence and you're doing all the right things, and you're the guy that's like, yeah, we are born and bred to do this this thing, to go to combat and take somebody's life. You're gonna come back and be fucked up. Like, hey, check it out. I'm telling you to go get help. Because I do it myself. I do it too. I understand your issues. We are we are a hard breed. But that doesn't mean that being hard is gonna pick up the pieces and put us together. Yeah. And I mean and that's why I talk to my Marines about it all the time. And dude, I'm gonna be honest, for a long time I was I was kinda like when I got when I got out of the Marine Corps myself initially I just like didn't really care about talking to anybody that I was in the Marine Corps with and I felt like at times I was just like bro I don't care about that part of my life I'm blacking that out I'm good like I'm good it's gone I don't even want to really I don't really want to flaunt that I was a Marine and stuff like that which is super weird to think about now it took me literally up until about I would say a year ago to finally be like, yeah, I was a Marine and yeah, I do have fucking issues. And yeah, I do want to, I do what I can to try and fix that shit. And yeah, at times I was suppressing issues of mine with alcohol, a lot of alcohol that got me in trouble and Bro, shit like yeah. that. Like, yeah, it, but you have to be fucking honest with yourself and be like, I wasn't drinking because I wanted to have fun all the time. And because I wanted to like hang out with these certain friends and all of them drink. So I got to be there. 
I was drinking the way I was drinking from for other shit, other reasons that are that are deep down within me, and and realizing that I have a bu- a couple friends that that realized that and said, you know, you can find a healthy relationship with it, or you need to fucking stop, and that's it, because find something else, man. Like, because sometimes it, for some, it's just not not the right way to go if you're handling issues that you need to deal with in a positive way with 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 drinking. You know what I mean? So and it's good. It's good that you have a group of positive friends because sometimes you could be in a you, in a toxic place, and your friends are your quote unquote friends are a part of that toxicity. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I said know. all that to I said all that to say that I think that it's I think that it for me I'm finding recently as well with with being like yeah I was a marine and yeah blah 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 I'm being honest about shit, um, and I'm being honest with myself too that I'm. I'm talking to you and I'm talking to some other homies a little bit more on Facebook and things like that. And, and adding dudes that I didn't even think to add on Facebook and try to keep up with them a little bit more and, and keep in touch with them. Because even if I haven't really talked to them in that long, we still spent a long time, um, a long, a big chunk of our lives at some point together where like we're, we were literally all that we had was just us and shit. So, Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. How many cold nights did we spend <laughs> in Iraq and Afghanistan? Well, well, probably more so in Afghanistan. Bro, I'm not gonna Dude. lie to you. Sometimes when I go camping and and we like make a fire, I just I literally only think about sitting there at that at that PB that we built and trying to make sure this tiny little fucking fire does not go out because of how fucking cold I am right now, right now. <laughs> Jesus, everybody who does. TV is a patrol base, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to build these fires. It was we deployed in the wintertime, and people think that the desert stays hot all the time. I'm telling you right now, I've seen water turn to ice at nighttime, and when that fire went out, it fucking sucked. Yep, it fucking sucked. I remember some mornings. I feel like some mornings you would, somebody would get up and be like, who the fuck let the fire go out? What the fuck is wrong with you? And they'd be yeah. like, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot, like, blah, 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 or like, I was busy, like, doing something else on my fire watch. It's like, literally bro. your only job was fire watch. Keep the fire going and don't let it burn anything out. What the fuck? Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> So many cold, cold, it got cold, bro. And people assume sometimes, you know, oh, you were deployed to Afghanistan. You were probably in the mountains and you were doing all that shit, which I mean, half of our battalion was, but, but like we, we were in, we were in the fucking desert still pretty much for the most part. And, you know, it was, it was different. Yeah. Deserts, deep ass, wadis, valleys. I'll never forget how often. That was wild, man. How often vehicles got stuck in that wadi, <laughs> dude? I I I thought the the worst part getting stuck in those vehicles in the wadi was thinking like, man, I'm stuck in here. I'm going to get shot at, and I got yeah. no place to go to. Right, literally nowhere to go. That was the worst. And thank God, I mean, freaking that never happened. But I mean, I remember, I remember there was there was times where we knew that we should not be going in the trucks into the wadi because it just rained for like three days straight. Yeah, why would we do that? And then sometimes a patrol, like they would, they would still leave. 
I remember thinking like, bro, one hundred percent truck and you still see the water bottle. One hundred percent, they're gonna get stuck. Like, why are we still doing this shit? I mean, let's just wait a little bit. Like, it wasn't even an emergency shit. It was like, yeah, let's make a trip up to the main the main spot. You know, it's like. <laughs> Like, dude, we couldn't wait a day, see if it dries up just a little bit. Like, is it really that important? But, I mean, it was just, I feel like there's some, man, I I will never forget the weather balloon thing when, like, they were like, all right, well, we have to bring it down if there's a 1% chance of thunderstorms. And that day there was not a cloud in the sky. And that one cloud never rained for, like, four fucking months. Not even a drop. And they bring up that weather with a camera on it just to be able to see the battle space. The day that it goes up, it's in the air for like five minutes and all of a sudden a random fucking thunderstorm comes, strikes that motherfucker, <laughs> and we watch it fly off hundreds of miles. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and you, like, like, when I look back at it, I think to myself, in the midst of all this chaos that is combat, there was like funny times like that. <laughs> Just like ridiculous shit. Like never rains. Watch this weather balloon goes up and a random dark cloud in a random freaking lightning bolt comes down and hits this weather balloon. <laughs> Dude, I'm not and it fucking flies away. I, I don't know how it comes up, but I tell that story so much to like random people. <laughs> I'm like it, it literally was like something out of a movie, bro. Like you're you're watching a scene and there's this weather balloon in the air and you're like, ooh, what a cool looking balloon. And then the cloud just comes in right over top of it. And then, and then bam, there goes the, and I remember thinking, bro, there's radios in that bitch. I, the, I, they have, it has stuff in there. Like I put it in the radio, like I'm responsible yeah, like, for that. And it's just, it's just going away. Like we don't know how far. And then it goes, it was way outside of our AO. And I remember, I remember everybody else was like, we got to go get that shit. We got to go get that shit. It's like, how the, how the fuck are you going to go get that shit? It is way, way out there. And you have no clue where you're going to run into, even if we could make it out that far. I want to say that thing probably flew away like about 80 miles. It was something insane. Like it just, it was something insane. And it had crazy. all types of cameras and radios and encryption on it. That thing was gone. It reminds me of like I don't know what the hell happened to it. But. It reminds me of like Iron. <laughs> reminds me of like it reminds me of like Iron Man, where like in the beginning of Iron Man, he finds out that they're they have all of his shit, and he's like, I feel like that's what all those people, these people got that stuff, and they're like, Oh yeah, we're keeping this forever. I this stuff, I got the good stuff. I got this freaking plutonium shit or something. <laughs> what was the wildest firefight you think we got into? You and I. Was it was it the first one like four hours into Afghanistan? Dude, I I think about that all the time. I and I tell that story too because it was kind of funny, but it wasn't that funny. Like I just remember when we showed up, we were so on our shit, and like, and I knew personally that you know like our whole battalion as a whole, like we we're pretty good to fucking go. Like we're gonna and we're and I think that we had the 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 mental fortitude and like the strength within like everybody, at least in our our platoon as well, like. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep our shit tight no matter what goes down, like because we yeah, have we're, to. We were locked off. Yeah. Whereas we show up and these dudes are sitting here with their dang rifles hanging, 
and they're not even holding on to their rifles and they just literally look like they have went through hell and back and they're just like the looks on their faces and the way they were talking and everything they're just like bro we don't give a shit about anything anymore here's yeah, your shit. leave was pretty trash yeah here's your shit we lost this many dudes trying to take this damn hill and um yeah good luck like luck, good luck to you guys see ya it was nuts. Just and, and then yeah, they go, "Hey, just load up your load up your ammo. Uh, we're taking y'all out like right now." We're like, "For real, bro? Like we literally just got here." I remember thinking that, like, "For real?" They're like, "Yeah, we're taking. We didn't even get settled in yet." They're like, "Yeah, we're taking you out right now. We got a patrol to do." I'm like, "Man, no fucking way. They have to do this patrol right now." And I remember how the day went so vivid, vividly. Yeah, I remember we're we're sitting in the hooch. Back in uh, Leatherneck, the, the 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 main base in Afghanistan, where we landed at initially, and we're sitting in the hooch. And I remember our platoon commander comes in and says, "Hey, in eight hours, we have to pack up. You know, our main bags got to go on trucks. You got to pack up. You got to carry what you can carry that'll last you for about a week, and we're flying into our AO." And then we break down into our sticks to, to board the helo. And I want to say it was less than eight hours. It's probably like four or five hours later. We're on the helo getting ready to go into the area, area of operations that we're supposed to go in. We land and we all come out like fucking war dogs and secure the landing zone. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the relieving looking at us exactly what you said like trash like rifles hanging down looking like shit you know and they're looking at us as if we're you know, and, I, and I and I always think about that part because we were a tight disciplined unit that was so tight we were feared in our AO yeah and I remember the Afghanis, the Afghan army that was there used to say, oh, you're you're not like the other. Those guys, those guys used to smoke weed with us. Those guys didn't go on patrol like, like you guys do. They didn't go and fight the enemy like you guys do. And so when I look back at that, I'm like, man, we were, we were a tight group. And so yeah. we came out there and we secured the landing zone, drove to the hill, and you're right. They were like, hey, load up all your shit. There, there's... There's the ammo supply point. Go get your ammo because we're going to go and patrol. From the time we touched down to the time we got on the hill into our first patrol, probably was about three, four hours. We were in a fucking 45-minute firefight in the cornfields, bro. Remember that? Yeah, middle of nowhere. <laughs> middle of fucking nowhere. Nowhere to go. I remember me and uh, I remember me and Shu like went. Everyone else went left, and me and him went right. And then all of a sudden, it was just me and him. And I'm like, uh, "Shouldn't we be over there with them?" <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, dude, but like, wait a second. Like, let's chill a second. Let's just wait." And then and then he was like, "All right, dude. When I say go, just get up and sprint right behind me." And it. <laughs> It was me. It was me and him, and then I think like a couple others from another direction, and we all were just trying to link back up where we had actual cover and shit. We could actually see what was going on, which we never found out or saw anything. But 
from what I remember anyways. And, and then I just remember getting to like y'all and y'all were like, bro, I feel like somebody was like talking to the other dudes that, you know, we were relieving and like, why the hell would you bring us out of the middle of this damn field? And I swear one of them said something like, well, we knew they were going to shoot it. Y'all. We just wanted to like, get you like, get you christened in and shit. And I'm like, bro. Oh, that's some bullshit. I don't. I, I didn't know I, that. I feel like, but it makes like it makes sense though. It makes sense. I feel like I remember one of them saying like, "Yo, yeah, we always take fire there, but like, it's never like anything serious. Like, we just wanted to like get y'all, you know, aware of what's yeah, going on I, here." But I remember being so tired, bro. I'm sitting here sucking down my camelback, like, like, dude, why am I so tired? We just sprinted, like, I guess we sprinted like a hundred yards, <laughs> and we were physically fit too. We yeah, we were. We were like, super fit. I, I remember thinking, like, why am I dying right now? I should be good to go. I, I remember running 100 yards through a squash field. That 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 same firefight. 100 yards through a squash field, and the bullets are just fucking zipping by. Mm-hmm. And my foot goes into this giant-ass squash. <laughs> and I'm, I'm dragging this squash across the, field, across the field, and I'm thinking to myself, if I get shot like and die, and they find me with this fucking squash stuck on my foot, I'm gonna be pissed off. Like this is not how how it's supposed to go. I gotta go down. I'm not bowing in a squash field with a giant squash stuck on my fucking foot. <laughs> and I swear it was about a hundred years, just like you said. And I felt like I ran a marathon. It's insane. It was crazy to think about Fuck, that was a wild deployment um we specifically didn't lose anybody but a lot of people got hurt mm-hmm. our platoon a lot of people got hurt yeah marines marines lost their legs uh mangled you know really really crazy uh really crazy deployment I mean, it, but what we very, very, we were very successful. Yeah. We were very successful. I always like to try to maintain a, a positive um, outlook on that because, you know, we could have, we could have straight up lost a bunch of dudes. You know what I mean? Like a bunch of dudes could have actually died. And, and, but, in, you know, instead we did a pretty good job to where, you know, we had some incidents, but nobody was, Nobody was dead, you know. You know, I just really think that's a testament to the discipline that we had and how tight we were. Yeah. You know, like, we weren't afraid to tell each other if we suck and we needed to step it up. Yeah. Like, we weren't afraid of any of that shit. We were sure. a really, really tight-knit group. We cared about each other. And we wanted to get the job done and we wanted to go home. I remember outside of anything involving combat, I actually learned a, a, a lot of stuff while I was um, there too on on different different things involving like communication. And and I think I actually found that my, like I had a, I had a little bit of like a somewhat of a gift when it comes, when it came to like the communication aspect of things. Like I felt that confident where I was like, bro, I got this shit. Like, like something needs like to be you done. Talk to anybody. Yeah, if something needs to be done with involving, you know, some urgent or whatever it may be, like communication wise, or something was messed up. 
I never hesitated to be, I never was like, like, I can't, I can't fix it or I can't make it, I can't make it, you know, I can't make it happen. I, I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I can fix this shit. I'm good. I got it. Or I can, I can, I can help you out with this or I can assist you with this or I can make sure that all of our shit is locked on and everybody's good to go. And I, I never had a moment where I was like, oh, like, I actually don't know the answer to that. So that was cool. I felt like that was a, a cool feeling individually. Well, I think you had an amazing ability to multitask. You were in the COC a lot of the times, being a radio operator, right? You controlled the COC and you were able to operate through a lot of systems to get information out to people. I do. I remember there were different echelons. Yeah, I remember there was moments when Lieutenant so-and-so would be in there too or a staff sergeant or gunny or whatever and I'd be like, in my head I'm going, it'd be great if you guys would just get, if, if it were possible, if y'all could just get the fuck out of here, I could handle this shit on my own and it would be very, very easy. Like, it'd be easier actually because it'd be less people in my ear. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and I mean, that's just how confident I felt. It was cool. It was a good feeling. I like multitasking. I still do to this day. I still like doing shit. I mean, sometimes it gets the best of me, but I like to multitask. It's just who I am. And I, I think I thrive in those moments too. So, it, uh, and you know, I didn't really know it at that, at that time either. Feel the same way, man. I just feel that I I thrive in those moments of extreme pressure and stress. You know, especially when it's getting down to the wire of something. My best moments, my best attributes come out. And I and and I think we're just ingrained to be operating in the climate of chaos. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're born and bred into it. Yeah. And so, and so when you talk about looking at the positive things that came out of it, I would say, I would say it's that this, this, these things that we're talking about, the multitasking, being able to communicate and being able to stay calm out of pressure in, in the being able to stay calm in a chaotic environment when there's pressure on your shoulders and, and knowing that. I got this and I could come out on top. Yeah. Like truly, honestly, I feel like my best work comes out when I'm in the shit, when I'm in a high stress level environment and everybody around me is like, this can't get done. Oh, it's going to get fucking done. I could get it fucking done. I promise you. I'm going to come up answers to your questions. I'm going to be a solution based fucking guy. Why you go, why you're over there crumbling in the fucking corner? I thrive yeah. on that. Man. That shit yeah. just my mouth is getting water watery just thinking about that shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, I think that you know to maintain that as well and to stay that way, um, or you know to to have that within you still is is a big deal as well. Um, but look, dude, I um, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you don't. I know you don't have a whole lot of time this time around. Um, we'll come around to a, we'll come around and circle back to a part three in a couple of weeks as well. And, um, you know, maybe make it something where it's, it's kind of just like telling, telling our, our side of, uh, you know, how we, how we deal with things that we deal with nowadays and, um, you know, try to, try to also help others along the way, um, and kind of go that route if that's cool with you. Yeah, no, that's, you know, I love having these conversations. I like being able to 
talk about our experiences and use it as, you know, a positive influence of people or just to, you know, just to, just to tap into something, make me think about something that's going on. So I appreciate you having me on the show again. And I'm, I'm always going to look forward to get back with you. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and for everybody listening, we, we appreciate you as always. Um, keep, uh, keep listening, keep listening and stick with me on, on this tank top Friday podcast. Cause we've, uh, we've got bigger things coming every week. And I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited to share conversations and the things that we're talking about, um, on a weekly basis with, with others. And I appreciate, uh, every listener that, that I've got out there, um, it means a lot. So until next time, just keep it chill. Make sure you get after it every day and uh, try to do one thing. Try to do one thing tomorrow that makes you a little bit better than yesterday.